hip hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. It's the Greg Tucker Show. And it's always good to start the week with you, Greg. It's always entertaining. Um, interesting topics and all of that. I know that right now the um, sport wise, the Olympics is controlling everything and I will watch the patriotic group and pull for them. Now if it's some group that uh, like the women's soccer um, I uh, will not pull for them I'll pull against them, and I won't watch them. And, you know, that's a sad commentary for things that are going on right now. Uh, the patriotic side is real strong with a lot of our uh, competitors. And then you have one or two groups that are, I, I don't even know how they uh, represent us. Uh, they don't represent me, I know that. Well, the extraordinary swimmer from Florida, dress, oh, dresser. Yes, unbelievable. He is unbelievable. Uh, and uh, he also tears up during the national anthem. Yeah. And uh, uh, he's one we should all be proud of. Well, you kind of wonder why some of them are that way. You watch the commercials and you know why they're that way. I mean, it, it, it's just completely, uh, they're, they're trying to brainwash everybody and they won't stop. Yeah. Well, I think I mentioned last week that uh, my wife and I rarely turn on the TV. Uh, but during the Olympics, we get to binge watching. Uh, we watch it all night, each, not all night, but we watch all during prime time. And uh, it is exciting, and yeah. uh, it's fun to pull for the USA competitor. Yes. And uh, almost always, the USA competitor is competitive. It may not be winning every time, but mm -hmm. competitive. And the cute little ladies in the gymnastics are a lot of fun to watch. But the swimming, because I've done so much in the swimming field, is probably my favorite. And then volleyball, which was my last attempt at team sports in college, was volleyball. So I still enjoy that. Now, we didn't play beach volleyball, I guess. Around but it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. I guess it, we just didn't have a good beach back in those days in Tennessee. Uh, but uh, I do get get some real entertainment out of the, yeah. out of the Olympics. Are you like me? I, I love to watch the women, the the two on two. I love to watch that on beach volleyball. Well, you really get a sense of, you know, working together. Mm -hmm. uh, beginning with, uh, I pointed out to my wife that they signal each other. Yeah. When one is serving, the other one up front is signaling, you know. Behind their back. Yeah, yeah. where we want to go because uh, it's good to know what your partner's doing yeah. or going to do. 
and uh, a lot of teamwork there and uh, just a lot of scrambling to getting yeah. up out of the, as quick as they get up out of the sand and ready to go again uh, is always interesting. Do you, I miss out on sports because I've <clears throat> unfortunately I have just completely turned against the NBA, the the, the NFL. I watch my uh, Tennessee teams, but uh, when, when the Olympics come on, you can't help it. You just sitting there just t cheering for your team, cheering for your nation. And that's basically what it was. It kind of like when we had uh, the uh, uh, county teams that would play against each other in the tournaments, and, and we'd all get so excited. It, it was just as much for where you lived as it was for the girls that were playing or the guys that were playing. So um, uh, it's special to know that your country is doing well. Uh, it uh, one of the best fan groups, and I'm sure we'll see it played over and over, is uh, for the Jacoby from Alaska, hmm. and uh, she's a female swimmer who surprised uh, most of us. Yeah, uh, by how first one they ever, I believe, ever received a medal. Yeah, it's, uh, in the, from Alaska. Yeah, uh, but they took down the house just about when she uh, performed. Uh, and that was made me feel good to see, you know, that much enthusiasm for uh, uh, a swimmer from Alaska. <laughs> I hope she has indoor facilities so she can do her year-round training. And she'll probably, she's young, so she'll probably yeah. be around for a while. Let's see. Let me touch on our local history a little bit because uh, got some real good news yesterday on the email, or maybe during the weekend on the email, and then. This morning I talked to Marty Luffman directly. He's going home this week. Oh, that's true. He has reached the point where he can shift to uh, uh, home therapy and uh, some other assistance that's important. Uh, and he did tell me he would continue with the therapy, but uh, he's making very rapid progress now. And uh, he's got the spirit that it takes to come back yeah. from something like that. And, I think he's ahead of schedule. I didn't expect him until September to be heading home, and here it is, 1st of August. So <clears throat> he'll be back in circulation soon, I'm sure. And uh, I call him my Smyrna extension. Uh, he's uh, uh, the historian on Smyrna that I turn to when I've got a question about something there. So How's his leg strength? He says it's coming back good, that he's... He's moving and supporting himself yeah. uh, more and more uh, as time goes on. So, Marty, I know you're listening. Uh, keep it up and uh, look forward to the next time we can put on a show together. It's like he's training for the Olympics right now. He's getting ready. He's making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, he's making a real comeback. Bless yeah. his heart. We all love Marty. Uh, yesterday, I... Uh, went over to uh, the area where we're working on this revolutionary veteran grave, mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Blanton. Uh, and I had planned to meet with uh, Mayor Ketron uh, to walk the property, uh, but he had a conflict, so he went out on Saturday and flagged, literally, these little flags they use to mark what's in the ground kind of mm -hmm. thing. He flagged it four corners 
And uh, I went over there yesterday with the fellow who's going to do the actual placement and securing and all, and went over the plan. So uh, again, there's no hurry or rush on that, but keeping things moving. Uh, and it's interesting, the area is in a front yard of a nice looking home over there, but the home is uh, unoccupied at the moment. And the owner of the home is out on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, but fortunately, the deeds and documentation show that there is a cemetery easement uh, that uh, the, the spot, although there are no stones there now, is uh, on the map, is recognized as a, as a cemetery yeah. officially. And uh, the deed recites the uh, uh, easement there. And uh, we know in Tennessee a private property owner whose property includes a family cemetery that's recognized for what it is. Uh, has to give access yeah. for purposes of maintenance or research, whatever it might be. Uh, so our difficulty in communicating with the owner that here uh, is eased by the fact that uh, we can go onto the property within reasonable limits, time, way, parking, things like that. The property owner can can speak to, but they cannot deny access and and repair as as needed. So uh, we got a friendly relationship with the owner here, but uh, in any event, uh, efforts to restore and maintain cemeteries have to be respected. Which now, remind, do, do, do the owners of the property, are they required to keep it up or the, the family or organization, do, are they required to keep up the, the no right side? No one is required. Yeah. Uh, just because it's on your property or uh, about your property, you're not required to, you know, take the initiative or to affirmatively maintain. Mm -hmm. But you are prohibited from destroying, removing evidence, uh, moving stones. Unfortunately, it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, it happens most often on cemeteries that uh, have not had any attention. Yeah. So a family. Uh, and I've seen this recently out in uh, the southeast area. Got a contact from a family in Texas, individual in Texas, whose family had been part of that community. The last name was Ring, R-I-N-G, which uh, um, was of particular interest to me because my farm at one time was owned by the Ring family. And if you look at records from back in the 1870s, the Ring family uh, operated the store, had the uh, post office, and uh, the farm that I now have was all part of the Ring family. Mm -hmm. And uh, just coincidentally, he called me, well, probably not, he called me because he knew I was county historian. Uh, but when I found out the family name and the area he was looking at, we got interested. And what the family has done is located the neglected Ring Cemetery. It's not on my property, it's down the road on Cripple Creek. Uh, and uh, have made some efforts to show that it is uh, being tended to by some of the family. And How far down Cripple Creek Road from... Uh, where 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 Bradeville Pike is, and then you go down Cripple Creek. Yeah, you go Cripple Creek north, 
heading north, mm -hmm. and uh, the Cates Farm is close to it. I mm -hmm. couldn't tell you distance exactly, but yeah. it's over in the area of the old Cates Farm, which is still in the Cates family, of yeah. course. Uh, that's interesting. But also, I got a little concerned about another one, which is extremely well kept. It's the Gum Cemetery. If you're coming out Bradable Pike, you turn left on the Gum Puckett Road. Uh, if you don't see the street marker, you see a sign that says Rock Haven. Yeah. And you turn towards uh, the uh, Rock Haven area, all the way to the end of the Gum Puckett Road. Gum Puckett is uh, part of the Gum family and the Puckett family of my friend Ralph Puckett that we recently lost. Yeah. Is, uh, Gum Puckett was, people don't realize that's somebody's name. Uh, first name Gum, name for the community and the family. Judy Garland's family. Yeah, Judy Garland's family. Uh, and uh, at the old Gum Puckett, his farm, uh, is the Gum Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And uh, visiting there a year or so ago with Ralph, extremely well kept. I think uh, several branches of the family. Adams is also some of that family. Uh, have been maintaining it. But apparently there is a uh, little bit of uh, tension between the property owner around the, f the cemetery and the family. Uh, the uh, owner of the property is Mike Nunley. Uh, Mike was, in my opinion, one of my heroes some years back when we were yes. working with the uh, county EMS, the emergency system. Best one we ever had. Yeah, he put it together. Yeah. And uh, 10 years ago, when I was directly involved, uh, it was clearly the best system in the state. It was. Best system in the state. And still is extraordinary, I'm sure. Uh, but Mike uh, started, well, I would say he brought professionalism to it. Yeah. And uh, when my wife and I were certified as EMT, advanced EMT, and we're doing our volunteer work. Uh, I sure had an awful lot of respect for Mike. Like I say, he was in that part of my life, my hero, one of my heroes. And uh, whatever uh, is the confusion or concern out there now, and I, as I say, the property owner can make reasonable uh, uh, requirements in terms of access, such as time of day, where you're going to park, uh, how you get to it, mm -hmm. which gates you use, things of that sort certainly should be respected by those who are trying to attend the cemetery. But the uh, uh, property owner also needs to recognize that you can't deny access. You've got to give the family a chance to maintain. And uh, I've, I'm the trustee for a Williams Cemetery up near Brentwood which is part of my ancestry. And uh, the fact, well, it's in the, literally in the middle of a, a pricey uh, subdivision up there, but apparently the uh, property owners, it sits on the line between two big Brentwood-style homes. Uh, the property owners are doing a tremendous job of weed-eating it and keeping it, and it's got a rock wall it's just real pretty with some big trees yeah uh and uh 
the property owner has obviously taken some pride in, in it and they maintain it. So that's the best of all worlds is for the property owners and the family to work together. And uh, given the uh, relationship the cemetery in Brimwood has, uh, I've only had to get involved once in the last decade or so, and that's when uh, the, the obelisk in the middle was vandalized, pushed over, and uh, you know we funded the replacing it, getting it back up, and securing it. Uh, but it's a good partnership. Now, you were mentioning Rockhaven. Didn't you used to play volleyball over at, at Rockhaven? I was trying to remember if, if you had a team over there. Gee, that's a nice daydream, but, <laughs> but only because I enjoy volleyball. <laughs> You don't want to get hurt. That was the most interesting place to go in Rutherford County, wasn't it? I, I've never been uh, had the occasion. I have uh, made a picture of the front. Uh, it, that's a historic place. Yeah. It, but you never mention it. It uh, well, if you read my books, it does get mentioned <laughs> every once in a while. We did an article on the old swimming holes around uh, the county. Yeah. And touched on it there. Uh, in fact, the point back then was. Uh, uh, they were part of an effort to get into the Guinness Book of World Records mm -hmm. for the largest uh, uh, swimming activity at one time, sans clothing. And I don't know whether they made it into the <laughs> record book or not, but uh, they worked out a, a link with other uh, groups around the country. I think there's one in Florida several in California to all swim at the same time in order mm -hmm. to and I don't know whether they succeeded or not but they were trying it was one of those places when we would get a call at the sheriff's office that they were we were needed out there you didn't have to uh, uh, call a, a number of the car or, or whatever uh, I knew as soon as they heard where it was they would be flying out there. I, I don't even know why. I mean, I, don't, I never could understand that. I was never invited, so. <laughs> it is out in our neighborhood, though. Oh, it's not far from you, yes. Yeah, I recall a hearing before the Board of Zoning Appeals. Somebody wanted to put a uh, mental health facility there. And Mr. Jernigan, one of our neighbors, <laughs> said, why in our neighborhood? We've already got the nudist colony in Hippie Hill. <laughs> We don't need another. <laughs> and in fact, it was turned down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was sad. Yeah, back to Blanton for a minute. The real purpose of the work we're doing on that is this, the marker that was there was, was damaged, knocked over. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but the bottom part of it was destroyed. So the content, the information about the role of the veteran in the Revolutionary War would be lost mm -hmm. and uh, cemeteries after county and state records are your best source for genealogical research frequently. Yeah. So what we're doing is the part of the stone that's been preserved, which is kind of the upper half, will actually be put back in place. And then we're gonna add a marker in modern materials at the bottom of it, which will recite 
the complete uh, information that's on the that was on the stone. Fortunately, we found a 1934 article, uh, which had a picture and uh, uh, the information, so we know what it did say originally, mm -hmm. and put that back. And then hopefully uh, this fall, when the weather's nice, uh, we can get the uh, DAR chapter, uh, one or the other, to come out and put their marker on it, decorate it, confirming that it's a uh, revolutionary veteran. And uh, I know one of the chapters, DAR chapters, has financially assisted. Uh, that's always interesting. And I believe the other plans too. So, uh, you know, they're supporting the effort. You know, one of the things you're talking about grave sites that uh, have a historic value to it. Uh, the ones that I go to that mean the most to me are, are recordings that are set up there. And it gives the entire history of what went on in that particular location. And I just absolutely, I can, I'll go every once in a while, I'll, I'll drive up to uh, off Manchester Highway in between the interstate, and I'll go up, there's a Confederate set, uh, a cemetery up there. And Beach Grove. Yeah, and I will sit there and <coughs> listen to it. And it just absolutely just brings a chill down my spine when I listen to it. It's just amazing. The uh, Coffee County Sons of Confederate Veterans chapter mm -hmm. maintains that one and probably we're responsible for putting in the system you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the SCV chapters are criticized in today's world. Excuse me, frequently, but the real service they provide, such as the maintenance of the cemeteries and the historic context, is really what they're all about. Yeah. And uh, the active, very active chapter in Rutherford County uh, supports several of our uh, uh, historic locations, such as the Sam Davis home. And uh, without their support and and uh, frequently uh, sweat doing the manual work around some of them. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't be near as well uh, preserved as we are. Now, well, are you going to bring up another subject? Well, relating to cemeteries. And this one, I stumbled on a, a question. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carol Hughes over at the Historic Society, who's incredible to work the research uh, she can do uh, knowing how to use the internet. Uh, but I'm working on the book about my father's military experience, The Black Sheep. I found a carefully preserved old piece of paper, handwritten, which is a poem honoring a pilot who has killed and be, and it was used or or perhaps inspired by his burial. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he was buried in early September 1943 on the island of Espirito Santo, which was the uh, operations base for the Marine uh, uh, 
aviation activity in the South Pacific, mm -hmm. uh, which was the really the earliest push in that South Pacific area. And uh, I wanted to use the poem because it was written by a pilot who did become a black sheep and was the second pilot to be lost. Mm. On the first tour, they only lost four pilots out of the full 30-day uh, tour of almost constant uh, airtime. And uh, his poem for the uh, earlier burial and loss is almost prophetic, or is prophetic because, you know, he didn't survive yeah. either. But anyway, uh, it had a name that I knew was not one of the Black Sheep Squadron, W.T. Anderson. And all I knew was that he somehow was killed and uh, buried there on the island. So I asked Carol if she could uh, see if maybe we could run that down. Mm -hmm. Well, she, she found everything. Uh, I had uh, some guesses as to what happened, but before the squadrons were formed and went into combat, the pilots waiting for assignment at that base ferried the planes and moved uh, material and tactical uh, equipment uh, about the area. And apparently this fella had uh, crashed, been involved in a crash on that kind of activity. So he's not identified with any of the combat activity. Well, she found confirmation that he was buried on the island, but she also learned that the cemetery was completely relocated after the war in 1948. Apparently there was an effort to bring home the fallen Americans all over the yeah. world. And uh, this island cemetery, marine cemetery, was completely emptied. And this particular individual uh, was taken back and buried in a family area in Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, uh, the cemetery in on the island just completely disappeared. Uh, was was re everybody was relocated, and uh, I knew that some efforts of that sort had been undertaken in the aftermath of the war. But apparently, it was a worldwide effort to identify. And apparently, they give the option to the family because if you go into Europe. There are quite a few American cemeteries. Especially in France. Yeah, war dead. Yeah. That uh, remained. And I think they left it to the family. You know, do you want him to stay where he fell? Or do you want us to bring him home and, and rebury him? And uh, most of them that came home went into the national cemeteries like we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in their home state somewhere. But interesting. Uh, That's a hard decision that. for families to make because uh, the heroism that went on with those individuals is there in those particular spots, whether it be uh, uh, in the South Pacific or Europe or wherever. Um, I, th I, th I think that the the passion. And, and and the love of those particular heroes, in some ways, they should at least 
leave something to denote what those particular uh, heroes did in those battles and in those areas and uh, so that those people will not forget them. And, and the families, of course, most families, I'm, I'm sure that they would want them home, but there should be something left uh, for those uh, uh, people that fought and died uh, for for the world, you might say. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Greg Tucker. Adams Place Retirement Community is a part of National Healthcare Corporation. In 1971, the founder, Dr. Carl Adams, had a vision to provide higher quality health care for seniors. His dream was to create a campus concept that offered in-house services for residents as they age with different needs. Call 615-904-7100 and schedule a tour. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center. You know, they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the entire country. Low T Center has literally reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all of the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $135 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Napa know-how. At Napa, get a $10 gift card when you buy a 5-quart jug of Mobile One Motor Oil for $27.99. A deal so rich, they'll call you an oil tycoon. Yep, with great oil for $27.99 and $10 back, all you'll need is a monocle. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating locations, does not include state local taxes or recycling fees. Advertised sales price may not be available in some states. Rebate restrictions apply. Offer ends 831-21. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is... Things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Uh, oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Hey, this is Sarah from Main Street, Murfreesboro at the downtown historic square. 
The next Friday Night Live concert is Friday, August 6th from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. at the courthouse. Higher Ground is performing, so bring your chairs, dancing shoes, and come early to eat at a locally owned restaurant downtown. Thanks to our sponsors, Wilson Bank and Trust and T-Mobile, Friday Night Live is a free family-friendly event. See you at the concert. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Just when we thought the coronavirus conditions were improving and the pandemic was fading, the COVID-19 Delta variant appeared. Not only are Tennessee statistics showing increases, but Rutherford County numbers are trending upward as well. Will the uptick in infections bring back mask mandates? Rutherford County Mayor Bill Ketron. We are monitoring our cases. Our cases have almost tripled. Talked to Gordon Ferguson just to find out where we are, so we're, we're sensitive to it. I don't think that we will go to a, a mass mandate, but I think that Rutherford County, we probably need to move towards being Rutherford responsible, that people start practicing good social distancing, wearing their mask if you feel compelled to. The Centers for Disease Control is encouraging wearing masks and practicing social distancing. Using common sense is advised with the thought that outdoor gatherings might be less risky than gatherings in confined spaces. Weekend thunderstorms caused a lot of trouble in the mid-state. In Murfreesboro, a lightning strike around 11.30 Saturday night is thought to have started a house fire on Portside Court near Scales Elementary. Officials tell News Radio WGNS a resident and pet escaped the home safely without any injuries. It's not yet known if the Garth Brooks concert at Nissan Stadium will be rescheduled. Saturday night's concert was canceled due to severe weather. A stadium officials first said the concert would be held the following day before saying it wouldn't be because of a lack of safety personnel. And a man is okay after apparently being hit by lightning through a video game controller. Emergency crews were called to a Robertson County home late Saturday night. They determined the man was shocked through the game controller after his house was hit by lightning or it hit nearby. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 80s. North winds are on 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, alone near 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 67. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. They're going to pull down the tree. Wow. Well, during the rainstorm, apparently they did. Uh oh. And yeah, I got almost lost the whole tree. Uh, I'm going to have to go clean that up. Are are they there? Are they tasty like the ones that come from Georgia and then those places? Very very good. Oh, I love peaches. Yeah. Yep, we know we're back. 
We do. <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about I just wonder. <laughs> peaches, they're not quite ripe yet. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, we lost probably two-thirds of the tree. Yeah. And uh, uh, I eventually we'll get out the saw and cut it up. But, oh. Uh, yeah. Well, you missed the blueberry patch picking this weekend. And... Uh, uh, my my little my little cousin uh, Angie was out there in that terrible heat, but people were coming over there and filling up their buckets. Well, I think that it felt like 105 degrees, but yeah. you can't beat those blueberries that are grown over there. It's oh, on yeah. uh, West Gum Road. We yeah. got a caller on the line. All right, caller, welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. I know with the uh, Nathan Bedford Forest bust out of the Capitol, um, I think there might be more of a push to uh, take the name off of Forest Hall. I know the fees come out and said that um, before that it was that it was time to take it off, and I didn't know if you thought there would be more of a push. I think there will be. I don't know if they'll get it taken off, but um, I know you guys don't want it to happen, but I just want to know what you guys thought about it going to the bus going out of the Capitol, and they had two other ones, too. I said, well, we'll be able to get another guy. I'll just hang on listen to well, I'm I'm tired of everybody giving up. He he was talking about. I know you couldn't hear him that well, but they were talking about. Is there a push going on to uh, uh, move the name from Forest Hall and and uh, dead issue? Yeah, it is a dead issue. And but all of those things should be the dead issue. It's it just like we have politicians who uh, really they don't stand up for the things in our part of the country. And I think you and I are, are not happy with them. Uh, we talked, uh, I think, two weeks ago about the Scopes trial, which uh, obviously is a Tennessee event. And uh, to me, probably the most interesting part of that history, that little bit of history, mm -hmm. is uh, that it was all planned and staged uh, because many of us, when we learned of it, it uh, that aspect of it wasn't uh, wasn't taught. Like today's media, <laughs> yeah. is that what we're talking about? Uh, but it was all staged, and uh, the, uh, the scopes volunteered to be the target and mm -hmm. what have you. It's a very interesting story, but it's one of uh, several. But another one that uh, most people don't realize was also very much staged and planned and uh, involved Tennessee, and that's uh, the bus incident involving Rosa Parks, mm -hmm. because the way I was first taught, taught of the event, Ms. Parks was a, uh, a worker uh, employed, and it had a long, hard day, and got on the bus, tired, and sat down in the empty seat, maybe the only empty seat, and uh, when she was told to move to the back, she said, no, I'm, I'm staying right here. Mm -hmm. uh, later, we learned that uh, she was an officer with the NAACP, mm -hmm. uh, had been selected uh, by the organizers and trained at the Highland Folk School in Tennessee. I believe it was down around Grundy County mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, was a center of uh, training for passive resistance and uh, 
labor strikes and things of that sort. Uh, I remember reading about it uh, back when I was a kid in the papers there once in a while. She was trained, selected for this role precisely. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, she was not the first one selected for the role, uh, but the first lady that was selected. And I'm, my source of information is the biography, autobiography that uh, uh, Ms. Parks uh, at least uh, worked with a writer to produce. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Uh, but the first one selected to uh, uh, be the center and to trigger the, the bus boycott and such uh, was uh, taken out of the role because she became pregnant and she was unmarried and they were concerned that that would detract from what they were trying to focus on. Mm -hmm. So uh, Ms. Parks was the, the second choice and she went through training uh, in passive resistance and how to uh, not respond, lose her cool uh, before, that, before that happened. Uh, and I'm leading up to uh, uh, giving you a challenge and that is there was a very similar incident totally unplanned in 1944, which uh, was diffused, uh, but has so much the same elements of it. And uh, it was a, well, he was a prominent uh, college football hero who was drafted in 1942, went into the military, uh, uh, was sent to Officer Candidate School. We're talking about a black football player. Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, a lieutenant uh, officer and uh, was based in uh, Texas, at a base in Texas. And uh, he was in a tank battalion as one of the uh, middle level commanders. And at the end of a particular day, he uh, was on base but he went to the bus stop and got onto a privately uh, operated or non-military operated bus. Mm -hmm. And he sat down about halfway back the bus. And uh, the driver of the bus, a civilian, told him to move to the back of the bus. That, uh, that's the way we do things down here. And he declined. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the uh, driver reported it. And when the bus reached its destination, uh, military police came in and and arrested and so on and uh, got quite a bit of publicity at least locally at the time and uh, the powers that be back then probably because of the war circumstances and mm -hmm. such uh, were cautious about making a big issue of it uh, so uh, he was subject to a court martial but it was not for refusing to move on the bus. Uh, they brought charges against him for insubordination, I guess stemming from when these military officers came aboard. Uh, he refused to cooperate and, and move there. Uh, and it even suggested as Washington uh, interest got involved and the court martial ended with him being found innocent of insubordination mm -hmm. and the matter was dismissed at that point 
Uh, you have any idea who this was? No. Uh, he later, in fact, even today, uh, is one of the heroes of the civil rights movement. And it's usually described as just the opposite of what he was in this instant. One who knew how to handle himself gracefully under pressure mm -hmm. and to always diffuse the situation and uh, was selected for his later role for that reason. Was that in this area? I mean, you're talking about, you, you never said exactly in Texas. Yeah, in Texas. Uh, one of the military bases there. Well, he later, uh, he today is recognized for having broken the color line during our period of segregation mm -hmm. in a particular sports event. Oh, are you talking about the uh, the race? No, it wouldn't have been the one in Germany, would it, Ben? The no, no, no. You ever heard of Jackie Robinson? Oh, my goodness. No, and in in the history we're usually taught, yeah. this, this is so often, or never, touched on. But he was uh, uh, the instigator of a uh, confrontation about uh, segregation on the buses. And uh, Third baseman for the Brooklyn Dodgers? Jackie Robinson. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, this is something I had never seen or heard before doing some reading recently. Yeah. It came across. And he and Pee Wee Reese were um, part of the uh, the Dodgers that brought him uh, fame in uh, uh, Brooklyn because when they started booing him when he first came on the field, uh, Pee Wee Reese went over and hugged him, and the sound stopped. The well, booing and everything stopped. It's, uh, it is, to me, one of the most significant events as we matured out of this uh, uh, segregation era. Yeah. Uh, but uh, everything you'll read about Jackie's role when he went into the baseball, Yeah. Uh, the description is one and so well controlled and so able to to uh, play this this pioneering role yeah uh, but apparently he was the rosa parks of the war era and uh, Preston, but, but jackie robinson was loved he really was he was for his later yeah yeah but uh and he was uh he was a football star before he went into the military i believe he was in school in california i think south uh southern cal wasn't it or maybe it was in california yeah i'm not sure where uh, and uh, he could have, uh, and he apparently tried to, you know, force the issue back then. And the military, at least uh, in the war circumstances, quickly moved to defuse it mm -hmm. and uh, uh, tuck it away. Uh, but Jackie Robinson could have been the, the Rosa Parks of a decade and a half, two decades earlier. Yeah, isn't it amazing? But uh, things out of uh, when people get to respect you uh, out of love and and forget all the race <laughs> stuff, things seem to move into a situation where they should be, where uh, everyone gets along. You know, we're all Americans, and uh, 
we've, we've got to the point in our country that all of this should be completely resolved. But when you when you have anti people that get in in the situation, it, it's hard to bring all those things about. I say I'll do a brief commercial here for the Adventures in Learning. Uh, uh, do we have any teachers this time? I hope so. We got one committed. Uh, <laughs> But listening to the radio this morning, I do hope that we don't go into another let's cancel everything mode. Yes. And I thought about because uh, the participants in the Adventures in Learning program, which is in September, are some of our uh, senior citizens. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, uh, if the, uh, what would you say, the negative machine goes to work and gets people cautious and concerned yeah. again, uh, I hope it doesn't happen because I'm looking forward to uh, uh, being a presenter. And uh, you know what the subject is yet? Uh, local history. But uh, you haven't zeroed in on any particular part of history. I gave them uh, a topic uh, title for each of the three days, and I doubt very seriously that I'll adhere to that. Uh, part of it's led by the interest in the questions. Part of it's led by how many times these people have heard me uh, somewhere else. I try not to repeat. They love they love your uh, uh, way of uh, bringing our history back to um, maybe the way that uh, they have been taught back in their old old days, and uh, most of them are my age, believe it or not. Most of them are, you know, in their 40s or 50s. Well, it is a morning program on a work day yeah. every, every Monday after Labor Day through September, so there's three more Mondays. And uh, Zane Cantrell, our, our B-man, B -man, although he plays a number of roles, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, the one who I work directly with, and uh, uh, he can uh, call in and give details about how one can register. Or you ought to have him on sometime in August to promote the program. You know, I, I need to, to talk, call him this morning. Yeah, get him to talk about some other than bees, <laughs> and this would be a, a good topic. Uh, it, people like to be, uh, they like to listen about stories that may be involved in crime, they they love to hear the judges talk about uh, Judge Steve Daniels when he's talking about murder cases and things like that. Steve is another one of the regular uh, presenters. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a great group. Now, what about our uh, uh, people who went up into space? We've got uh, two residents here that uh, did take that trip. Ray and Hoot. Yeah, uh, uh, Ray. Has, I saw Hoot last week. Yeah, Ray has been a presenter at AIL. I don't know whether she's on the roster this time or not. But, yeah, uh, and I've also been flattered that she's set in as a as a learner uh, to Adventures in Learning. Yeah, in uh, several of the presentations that I've done, and of course, she's part of several prominent families, but uh, the Ransom family are part of her ancestry. And we frequently touch on the, the ransoms played such a role in the development of Rutherford County after mm -hmm. the Civil War and on into the 20th century. It is an adventure for me 
because I, I love to listen to you uh, talk about the history, but it's an adventure for me to retain it. So that's that's the hard part. And the good thing, we're not going to be graded on it. So, uh, well, you're a good example of my typical uh, uh, learner. Uh, I imagine if uh, you came to all three sessions, I could repeat myself three times and you'd enjoy it each time. Yeah, I would. Because you'd forget it by the end of the week and move on. Is that an age thing? I seem to be getting better at not retaining. <laughs> if you enjoy it once, you'll enjoy it again. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I did have some of my classmates that were in uh, the last time that you presented. When was that? Has that been two years ago that or three? Yeah, that was 2019, I guess. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can reach back a little better than I can talk about what happened this morning or this weekend. But, you uh, too? Things seem to fade <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It, it, time compresses. It does. How many times have you said, oh, well, yeah, that was just a few years ago, and then somebody points out that it was 15 years ago. Time compresses as you move along. Yeah. Well, you do such a wonderful job, and uh, I, I, they were listening so intently the last uh, uh, one that you gave, and I was sitting there watching them, and I was thinking, what are they listening to? I mean, they, they were just so focused on you and the subject. Um Maybe because I know you too much. We've been friends for a long time, and I say, are they really, really that intent on what they're listening to? Well, they have to listen hard <laughs> to be able to hear it and understand it. And I am, uh, I guess I apologize being a bit of a throwback. I don't use any AV, audiovisual, any technical technology. Yeah. Some of my fellow presenters do an excellent job of using the video and such as that. Yeah. Uh, and run around with little clickers changing the pictures and all. And that's interesting. But no, mine is I'll, I pass out uh, copies of what I think is interesting. Yeah. And uh, I'll maybe have something on an easel if we're talking about a map, a location, something like that. But uh, I'm uh, aggressively low-tech. That's good. Well, d d hey, guys, at the radio station, do we have a caller on the line? They've got a big sign in front of me that says, phone call for show. And I'm sitting here looking at it, and nothing's happening. So do you think we need to just go ahead and go home? Yeah, we've used... I think we're about through. ...used our time productively. If yeah. If we go any further, it'll be less productive. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. Thank you, Truman. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.